I'm doing something a little different this morning. I'm not sure. I don't actually. I really just don't know what to say. This is very much unlike me, and this is out of my comfort zone because I'm a very planned and oriented person. And I'll be honest, I'm quite nervous. I've got two messages sitting here before me. And I, um, this week, have been what I feel as challenged in my heart. And I also feel responsible for so much as being a pastor and the responsibility that God has given me to be a shepherd. I did my very best this week to work on a message that would finalize this series called Keep the Chain. Unfortunately, sometimes, or fortunately, fortunately for you, unfortunately for me, God likes to change up some plans. And that's why this is definitely out of my comfort zone this morning. I believe that we are challenged people. I have found myself, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that you probably have too, over, I'm not even going to say weeks, I'm just going to say years, as we have looked at the decline of reverence to God's decrees and laws and expectations as how we are to live our lives, and moving toward the direction of what God's will plan and purpose is for us humanity to live in. And I must admit, I'm, I am not a political person. I steer away from it in many aspects when it comes to this responsibility that God has given me to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in this matter, I will not and I cannot allow my voice to be mute. Because I strongly believe and feel that the voice of the church has been silenced for so long that there has come a time and a place, and I believe that we are there now. In fact, I believe that we have missed out on so many opportunities because we have either been scared or we have been taught differently or we have flat out ignored the voice of God and the leading of his Holy Spirit when he has said that it is time for the voice to be heard. There is a passage of scripture in Psalm 73. And it's a psalm that was written, not written by David or the psalmist, but rather a psalm written of a man named Asaph. And this gentleman was looking forward or finding himself getting involved in the wickedness of that day. Much like I feel that we as a church or Christ followers individually 
as well as myself as a pastor and a shepherd, have also found ourselves in a place and a season and a time of wickedness within the nation, the society, and in within the world that we are living in right now. A place where lifestyles are accepted that go against the word of God. Now, several years ago, I preached a message and I was very blunt in that message. And I had people walk out of the church and they've never come back again because of it. I don't apologize for that. I will give you as the Lord gives me. And what you do with it from there is your business. But I believe that what God is truly wanting us to do is not allow our voice to be silenced any longer, but we must stand up and project our voice to the place where it is heard. Because look, if you want to see change, change will not happen if you don't do your part. The Word of God tells us that we are to make a vow before the Lord and then do what with it? Fulfill it. Do it. Take the necessary action. Take the necessary steps. Well, we place this inside of our own lives, and we, we've been talking about this for the last four weeks. We've talked about individual change. We've talked about change within maybe our church family. But we've neglected the change that needs to take place, and I feel like our almighty God is grieved and saddened by the attitudes that we have allowed to come forth from the church itself. Now, in Psalm 73, I want to start in verse 4. This is a psalm of Asaph, and it says, They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong, and they are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts come iniquity. Wow. What does that really mean right there? Their callous heart. You ever got a callus before? And many times you get them on your hands, right? And, and you begin to, if you touch them, you can feel them with whatever, you know, if you're touching it with your finger, but you can't really feel the callus there, can you? And, and where does a callus come from? How does that callus form? I don't know, I'm not a medical person, but I'm going to give you my opinion. It comes from struggle, from irritation. From a rubbing of the wrong to where the, 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 the body takes on a defense mechanism itself and builds a barrier to where there's no more irritation, to where there's no more discomfort. I didn't plan to even say this. To the place when, when the pain tries to strike it, it feels it no longer. And therefore, what do we do? We pay no mind or attention to it any longer. Just let that sink in for a second. Where are we? What are the things within our lives that we have allowed become callous? 
Our heart has become calloused as a nation. Our heart has become calloused as Christ followers. Our heart has become calloused as a church to where once, what was once wrong and an abomination in the eyes of God and what was once sinful, where it has happened so much and so much and become okay and accepted, we have become callous to it to where we don't even, what, pay any more mind or attention to this. Let's continue. It says the evil conceits of their minds, what, no, no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Let me repeat that scripture. Their mouths claim to heaven, but their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure, and I have washed my hands in, in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishment. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground that you what? You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors? They are like a dream when one awakes, when you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Stop there for a second. Earth has nothing that I desire besides you. Where is your desire? Is our desire in line with God's word? Or are we a sect of people? Are we a society right now? Have we become a, a, a generation that has folded with under the pressures of the expectation of the world around us and the society around us that says, this is okay and this is all right. Listen to me. I don't care what the world says is okay and is all right. If it does not line up with this word, it is not okay and it is not right. Tuesday morning, I was angered before, beyond anger. I still am. I am disgusted with where we are. I'm appalled. And I say this as this church, this church will never, ever support any type of action like that. We are a church 
Listen to no, no, no. We are a church that is pro-life. We are a church, and I stand this, not only are we a church, but we are also part of a denomination that is pro-life. And that will never change. The sanctity of life is of the utmost importance in the eyes of God. We must allow our voice to be heard, and not only in this matter, but so many other issues that are out there. Why are we where we are? Because we have become silent. And we can no longer be silent. We must speak up. We must allow our voice to be heard. I'm not one to go on social media and post much. You know what? If you look at my page, you'll see my family and my church. This week, I went against the grain. And I made a statement, and believe me, I battled with that. I honestly did. I battled with it because, Lord, I don't want anger to come out. Because, God, you're a God of compassion. You're a God of love. You're a God that takes the brokenness and mends it back together. You're a God that allows his Holy Spirit to wrap his arms around us, even in our worst sinful state we could ever be in. To what? Bring us back to the foot of the cross. To bring us back to grace. To bring us back into the fold, into his love. I'm going to finish this, this scripture. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion, what? Forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge and I will tell of all your deeds. There is a voice that is not heard in all of this. And it is the voice and the responsibility of us as a church to protect that voice, to do everything within our power and in our might to defend that voice. You know, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. There's a scripture that says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That's not us. That's not who we are. We're not calling evil good. We will not call evil good. You cannot call evil good. The word woe there is simply bringing a warning to us. You cannot allow this influence. We must do something different. We must stand up. We must become who we are as the body of Christ and represent who Jesus Christ is and not be weak. We must show our strength. And where does our strength come from? Jesus Christ himself. What are we empowered by? I love it because Jesus looked at those disciples and said, listen, after me comes something greater. After me comes something stronger. I've got a promise for you. You'll understand when you receive it.
Now, for us, it's like, how in the world, and I've said this before the last several weeks, how in the world could there be something greater than Jesus? In my mind, that's all, that's, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't work. Jesus was partly what? Human as well as partly divine, was he not? And through the power of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus was speaking about in that passage of Scripture in the Gospels, and then you can also look at it in Acts where the promise is given to us. And that promise that was given to us through the Holy Spirit, what brings comfort? It, it gives us direction. But even more importantly than that, it equips us and it gives us power. And it gives us a boldness to stand up for what is right and let wrong be wrong. I've been saying this for some time. What are we going to get to the spot where we are no longer going to, 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 to allow a gray area when it comes to sin? We've allowed it so much within our homes that we don't even recognize it most of the time anymore. And then we look back and we see our families and we see the generations that are to come. Let's look at some of those generations that are to come. I look back where I was raised and the convictions that I was raised on. It is not the same America today as it was then. And I fear in a sense for those children. Because what was right and wrong when I was growing up is not even right and wrong anymore. There's become such a gray area. Let, let, let them keep, I want them to look at these children. This is just a handful. Look at the children sitting beside you. Get in mind of your children, your grandchildren. The children that have not yet been born that are the coming. If we don't let our voice be heard, they may never hear the true right from wrong. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. When are we going to go, you know what, here I am, Lord. Father, forgive us. Forgive us of our laziness. Forgive us of our lackluster. Forgive us of our... <laughs> I don't even have a word. Just forgive us. Forgive us of our ignorance, God. Forgive us for being silent for so long. Forgive us for our spirits of compromise. Isaiah chapter 6, there's a story, and it's Isaiah's commission. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy! Holy, holy is the Lord 
Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Scripture says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Woe, Lord, for we are a ruined people. We are what? We are a people of unclean lips. We are a people that live among a people of unclean lips. Our eyes, though, know who you are, Lord. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Do you see how simple and easy that transition was? Do you see what happened there in that scripture? It was one act. What was the one act that came about? And that was the recognition of what was wrong. And him saying, woe to me. And then what did he say? And then my eyes saw the king, the Lord God Almighty. Lord, may we look again with our eyes and see again who you are. May we, may we recognize God, what is wrong within our lives. And we say, woe. Because we have become a nation. We have become a church of unclean lips. We've surrounded ourselves with people of unclean lips. Verse 8. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? I love this. Isaiah's word. Here I am. Send me. May we get to the place where we say, Lord, here we are. In our disgust, in our sinfulness, in our wrongdoing. God, here we are. We're a people of unclean lips. We've become calloused in our hearts, as the scripture mentioned. And song to where what wrong was wrong at one time is no longer wrong, but rather it is a right or it's okay. It's become okay with outside of the church, and now it's become okay within the church. Do you know why we are where we are now? It's because we've become afraid to stand up and speak the truth. We become afraid to live the truth. We want to be accepted. We want everything to be okay. You know, I would rather have the acceptance of God than the acceptance of you any day. Paul says, my, my existence here on this earth is what? Just a mere vapor compared to what my eternity is. How are you living your life? What is the compromise within your life? I'm not trying to bring condemnation here. I'm trying to bring conviction back into the hearts and souls of God's people again. What is wrong is wrong. What is right is right. When are we going to start living this truth again? There's a voice that cannot be heard. It is our responsibility to allow that voice to be heard and spoken through us. 
You know, but where does it come from? How have we gotten to this place? You know, I'm reminded in Scripture, in Exodus chapter 32, verse 1, we see a very clear description here of what I think is a great representation of who we are. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I don't understand. How does that pertain to us? There's a society that says, there's a church. I don't hear its voice. I don't see it standing up for right or wrong. Or up for right and against wrong. I haven't heard it in a long, long time. I haven't seen anybody stand up for the word of God. And so what did we see that happened there? They took on and they made their own beliefs. They began to form what? Their own idols. Let us not get to that place. Unfortunately, I think we're there, actually. But let us be that leader. Let us be that individual that in our workplace, in our school, in our homes, amongst our inner circle of friends, will stand up for what is right. But watch this, not only there, but let's do it within our own lives. We'll stand up and allow conviction to be a part of who we are as a church again. Allowing the Holy Spirit to check us. Allowing the word of God to be what? Simply as James said, a mirror that is a reflection of our souls. Where God does what? He points his finger and says, this is what needs to be worked on in your life. Rather than being what? Ignored. You know, if we don't do that, we are doing such an injustice to the generations to come. Can you throw those pictures back up there again? I want you to see them. Some of them are hard to see, but you see these children. They are going to be the leaders one day. How can they lead godly if they don't know and see godly? How can, they not, how can they lead if they don't know what the truth is when it comes to the word of God? All they see is a people who is compromising it rather than sticking to it. How can they lead? How in the world have we gotten to where we have gotten? Because we have become weak. We demonstrate to the world and society a weak God. And that is not so. God is a God who is mighty. God is a God who is the author and the finisher of all things. God has created all things. Everything is because of God and always will be. We don't serve a weak God. We serve a God who is love. We serve a God who is mighty. But we also serve a God he will make sure right is right. The word says, if we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. I don't want a rock crying out of my place. 
I want my sons to know who Jesus is. I want my sons to see a biblical example every single day. I want my sons to see repentance and know what it's about. I want my sons to see what is right and what is wrong. I don't want, his, I want my sons to see, well, if that's the lifestyle they choose, we'll just have to accept it. I don't want my sons to see, well, if that's how they want to take care of the future generations, that's what well, we'll just have to accept it that way. We don't have to accept nothing. God doesn't accept it. We don't accept it. Amen. Joel chapter 2. I'll finish the uh, series next week, okay? Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is what? Gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding with love. I love that. What do we see here, Joel? He's saying, look, we are to return. There's a direction that's being given here. He's saying return because God is gracious and He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offering. And drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion and what? Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. And then verse 28. This is referring to the day of the Lord. And it says this, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see vision. That's all I got for you. That's it. I want you to stand. You're like, wow, Pastor, we're getting out early today. If you'd like, I'll, change, I'll continue on the sermon series and we'll be out like a long time, right? I don't say any of this to bring condemnation toward anyone. I say all of this today, one, because it's been on my heart. But number two, to bring a leading, to bring change, to breathe life back in to the church, to breathe life back into you as an individual, to bring life back into our society, in the great nation that we live in, in this fantastic world. There's so much wrong, but can wrong be redone? Absolutely. We saw that in the scriptures there where God is a God of what? Compassion? Of grace? He's full of love and understanding. But only when we come to a place of repentance can any of this really matter and really come to be within our lives. Where are you right now? What, what, are, what, are, what are those things that you've been talk, we've been talking about on keeping that change that you want to see change within your life? What are those living arrangements in your life? How are they going for you? Does it line up with God's word? Those things that you're partaking every day, how's that going for you? Is it lining up with God's word? Where's conviction again? That's not a very popular topic within the church nowadays. 
I believe, though, you're going to be getting to hear it more and more popular. Because I believe that God's wanting, he's crying out, the Holy Spirit's crying out right now. Bring, come back to me. Come back to me. My first love, come back to me. Come back to me. I'm here. Come back to me. My arms are wide open. Come back to me. You need help? Come back to me. Why? Because I love you. For God so loved the what? World. That he gave his only begotten son. Wow. Goes on to say what? That whosoever believes in him. What, what do we have? Everlasting life. Father, I love you. I thank you for your word that you gave us today. My prayer, Lord, that it was um, eye-opening and challenging to some, however you plan it to be. My prayer today, God, is that we will open our eyes and listen to your voice daily. And that, God, we will not allow our voice to be silenced any longer. Not to be controversial, but simply to speak the truth. Not to be arrogant, but to show compassion. Not to bring condemnation and drive people from you, but to bring conviction to drive people to you. God, use us. May we be a church that will allow you to speak through us again. The greatest example, Lord, is the early church. Thousands. They added to the number daily as they went out unapologetically speaking the truth, and that is a you, Jesus Christ. May we come to a place, Lord, where we are unapologetically speaking the truth, and that is you, Jesus Christ. May you empower us boldly. May we allow ourselves to be planted with inside of your word, educating ourselves on the knowledge of the scriptures so that we may be sent out to make a difference in this world that we live in today. Lord, may our voice no longer be silent, but may our voice be heard over the calamity of the voice of the world and society that's being thrown at us. May we speak in truth. May we speak accurately. May we speak boldly. Father, we love you. You know, all of that that I spoke about today means nothing if you don't know who Jesus Christ is. This is really not a salvation message, but I guess it could be all at the same time. But if you don't know who he is, there's no better opportunity than today, in this moment, in this place, surrounded by a family that loves you. So at every, every eye closed, head bowed, if you would. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want today to be a brand new day in my life. I want my eternal existence to start from this moment on when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. If that is you, I want you to slip your hand up in this place. I see the hand. I see him. Amen. Amen.
Let's pray this prayer boldly as a church together. Jesus, I love you. And today, I choose to live for you. Today is the day of salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Now, you know my routine. You know how I go. We heard a word, and I truly believe it was from God. A word to wake us up. Open your sleepy eyes. Stop turning your head. Ignoring what you see and you know is wrong. Wake up to it. Stand firm for the word of God. But you're not doing it just for that. You're doing it for the people. Because there's a generation and generations to come that many will die and go to hell. Let's not let that be because the voice of the church was silent. Let us project our voice. Let us allow right to be right and wrong to be wrong. Let's no longer compromise the word of God. Let us project it as God intends for it to be projected. Now, I think that is a problem for all of us. None of us in this room have done good enough when it comes to it. Not even me, and I stand up here every week. We've got to the place where we become lazy, as I mentioned. We've procrastinated. We've pushed it off. I think God's saying, come on now, enough's enough. Let's wake up. Because this thing can turn around. Because we serve a God of miracles. We serve a God that can take the impossible and what make it possible. We serve a God that can take the dead and rise it back up again. And I'm not just talking about the church. We serve a God that can do all things. You know, my prayer today is that, Lord, may we fulfill just that. May we be like that early church and be unapologetic when it comes to your word. And may we go out and make disciples. May we go out and spread the word of God. May we show that love and that compassion, but also that boldness and that conviction. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that we are a church that stands upon this word. That you, Lord, are our rock and our foundation. And that, Lord, we will not be moved. God, we will be a voice that will be heard and we will make a difference in the world around us from this moment on. We will stand up for what is right and we will stand against for what is wrong. Help us to be bold. Help us, Lord, to have the strength and the will to do this. Help us to bring conviction, God, allowing this word to be a part of our everyday life, Lord, educating ourselves, giving ourselves knowledge of it. From this day forward, may this be different. May we go out into all the land as the Great Commission tells us and spread the word of God to the ends of this earth in Jesus' name. And Father, as the psalmist said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer.